1: Are you ready to talk money, Reb?
0: I'm ready to talk money.
1: Well, that's really great. I mean, not every show, but I would say we're we're really kind of getting to like ninety percent of the shows. You're ready to talk money. Okay, <laughs> hey, uh, I
0: thought you were gonna leave that behind. I'm I'm always ready.
1: You are always ready <laughs> to talk
0: money. Okay, so I'm even doubly ready because we've already recorded this show once. Yeah,
1: a little techno- technological glitch <laughs> on recording the show the last time that we did that. So um, so we get to do a redo. Now you don't get to hear the other version. Because to be honest, we couldn't hear the other version, (laughs) but I remember it and it was awesome. And so, we've got like a doubly awesome show. Yeah, so
0: our prayer is that this will just be uh, a show that uh, really glorifies the Lord Mm -hmm. extra-extra. Yeah. um, Because we get to do it twice.
1: So... uh, You can't hear the show again recorded, but you can hear last week's show. And the reality is is that this is part two of that show. It is. So go to morethanenough.ca, go to chri.ca, go to notmine.ca. If you're really a fan, you can go to all three and listen to the same show three times. (laughs) But uh, that being said, and of course, listen to us on the regular podcast, any podcasting platform that you might have search Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb and you'll find us. And if you don't find us, let us know. Info at More Than Enough. Just send a quick note uh, and uh, we'll make sure that we get on that podcasting platform and we'll go from there. So,
0: Okay, so we're going to jump right in because yeah. this is a re-part uh, two from last week. And last week we talked about Faith, Fact, and Fear. Mm -hmm. And we're going to continue the discussion because we looked at last week just the facts. um, What are the issues happening in our personal financial journeys today? Mm -hmm. What are we afraid of? What um, are we believing? What do we see that's actually happening? So I'm just going to do a quick recap because we want to press into...
1: And before we do that...
0: (sighs) I'm I'm putting scripture in later. No, no,
1: I'm just saying that... We want you to bring your coffee with oh, you. Oh, yes, right. right? So, yes. you know, as we jump in, we, you know, last week, and yes. again, if you didn't hear the show last week, great, um, you can listen to it. But we really want to, you know, Reb was like, I'm feeling the, the coffee vibe. I'm yes, feeling I, the, yes. the let's right. sit down at the table. Let's, But we can't do that because of the way the recording is. So, so pull up your coffee. We've got our coffee here. We're going to talk about... Essentially, a little bit of uh, the state of affairs in the context of these three words: faith, fact, and fear.
0: But we're really going to talk more about faith today. Yes, just it's just so you. exciting. Well, I am, and and you can see just what happened here. If you guys want to know how we do some of our decision making, I'm like a dog on a bone, and I'm like charging ahead, and Dave kind of just interjects and pulls me back and like he's all slow he's like feeling the chill vibe today and i'm like let's go mm-hmm. and sometimes that's what we're like in our finances mm-hmm. so just in case you want to know what that looks like that looked like what you just saw anyway
1: so reb thinks i'm a boat anchor <laughs> but anyways we won't you're go a boat
0: anchor ideas, that's so. really great uh, uh, yeah. you you are that I'm, <laughs> I'm not i'm not feeling the boat anchor
1: vibe to be honest okay
0: <laughs> so. so facts and issues what's happening out there we're going to just just recap for a few minutes <laughs> You know, we're feeling um, like, uh, we're feeling uncertain. We're feeling insecure. We're concerned about interest rising and inflation going up. We just talked, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, or last week, I guess, on the inflation. uh, I can't even speak today. The increase of interest Mm -hmm. to keep up with the inflationary rate. It's going up incrementally. And so that's concerning for people, the cost of living. We know that from a recent survey in the National, gas prices are up 32% over last year. There's an increase in groceries. You know, um, we're having some good conversations with people. What are we doing to... Um, stop those effects in our lives. So not stop them, but like, how do we buy less groceries when we feed six people? You know, those discussions we're starting to have. Um, there are stories in the news where we're concerned about the government's ability to get a hold of our bank accounts mm-hmm. and to seize some of our money. And we're concerned about that. So some of us are actually taking our money out of the banks because we don't feel secure with or trust the government or lending institutions. These are some of the things that are facts that are actually happening and issues that we're afraid of. of. We're concerned that we're not going to have enough in our retirement. We've put all this money away, or maybe our retirement funds through our companies. How secure are they? These are some of the questions and fears that we are grappling with. But one of the things that we didn't mention last week was there is another fact that if we believe the Bible is true, We can go read the Word of God and see how God is faithful to provide for His people. And it may not look like the provision you want or what I want, but He is faithful in providing for His people, that He is trustworthy and His scripture is full of stories of His faithfulness. And that's a fact that we can go back to as well. So in the midst of uncertainty, we can take the Word of God. We have also our own testimony and history to remember how God has been faithful to us. And so we want to talk about that because we want to step into faith. Mm -hmm. How do we activate faith in our life in this season where we can deal with the reality of the uncertainties around us, but we can believe God and trust Him?
1: So there's a couple of facts that I want to kind of throw in there too, Reb. So like one of them is is that uh as we look at scripture and as we look at the life of Christ the fact is is that Christ actually lived in a in a in a time in history where there was a lot of uncertainty i mean he's in there's roman occupation there there there's the the world is is actually not that dissimilar from the world that we live in now i would say probably one of the bigger things that we have is we have this instantaneous response to what's going on in the other side of the world. So, we have uh, a lot more information. But Jesus, even in his time, the, the fact is that there was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of things that were out of, uh, in a sense, the normal person's control. And when that happens, fear tends to come in. And then Jesus says, okay, so that, here's the fact uh, that in this world, you're going to have trouble. Yeah, <laughs> And he says it just like that, right? You know, in this world, you're just going to have some trouble, but be of good cheer. And I love the be of good cheer part because he's really saying, listen, you know, when we we apply our faith to it, when we bring faith into that statement, he says, be of good cheer. You, I've overcome the world. You can trust, again, another fact that you can trust that Christ has overcome the world. And, you know, we're going to talk a, a few more verses around that, but th- that just struck me as, as you know, we can identify with Christ and Christ can actually identify with us in this season where mm. there seems to be so much uncertainty.
0: Well, Hebrews says that we have a great high priest who who understands what we're going through Um, yet he never sinned. He just completely held a trust. Um, Now, he was the son of God, but he also gave us an example of how to trust his father, even in the midst of adversity. And we're going to talk about the cross in a minute. Mm -hmm. But one of the images you and I have been speaking about is this um, idea that you're sensing from people as you talk to people about their finances, that people are on the edge. They're on this edge, Mm -hmm. and they're um, it's almost... You know, you used to say to me and uh, my dear friend, Ray Borg, who comes on the show, he gave me this great advice years ago that said, which really I felt was from the heart of God, don't let your emotions lead you. Mm -hmm. So, in this season, we are often looking at or I am, let me just say, I am looking at the world around me and I can intentionally walk to the edge and work myself up to a point where I don't believe I have a hard time settling myself. Like I just hear all the voices around and all it would take would be you to blow on me, Dave, and I'd be over the edge. You know, we just need one puff of, you know, and then we're over the edge. We've stopped believing, you know, God isn't who he says he is. And that particularly happens when I'm tired and it's 11 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. I can. Yeah, and you're thinking about all the things that are
1: coming tomorrow and you're like, oh my goodness. Right,
0: I can't. Or, you know, do we have a bill we can't pay? Or do we mm -hmm. have some responsibilities at work we can't manage? Or how am I just going to do? this. And, and one of the things we want to share with you and encourage you in today is, um, As the Lenten season is upon us, we have the truth of the cross of Jesus. We have the example of our great high priest who trusted God. We have this desire um, to follow him as believers, but we're unsure what to do with all this fear. You know, in the book, I know I bring up my book all the time. And um, in Matthew 6, I have it laid out. If you have the book copy in your hand, it's page 42. Anyway, I have written, I know you're laughing at me, but Matthew six, I actually just put in there just a section of it. Because Matthew five, six, and seven really is this great um uh encouragement and, encouragement and template for living. Yeah. And and like you said, Rome was a hard master in those days. Jesus wasn't coming into into the Garden of Eden, He was coming into the Garden of Eden that had been betrayed. And these uh, men wanted power, and so they were advancing on the ancient world, uh, seizing and fighting and and doing some great building of structures and roads and, and um, aqueducts and all of those things, but they were coming with force and greed and power. And Jesus comes into this story, and he sits down on the mountainside, and he starts to teach in Matthew 5. And he says, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the hunger, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who mourn. Like it's so beautiful. He just comes and, and speaks this truth that is otherworldly, that is so opposite of what the people had been hearing. And it's opposite of what we're hearing today. So I guess my encouragement to each of us, Dave, is that we would actually go to Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and, and, and hear what he's saying. And imagine that he is here speaking into your ear these very words that speaks to the circumstances also that we're in. He said, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what will you you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Now we know these verses. We're supposed to look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So, today, as you're listening to the show, and I guess, would you hear Jesus say to you, are you not more valuable than the birds that I take care of, Mm -hmm. that I, in fact, know when they fall to the ground and die? Um, in fact, he probably knew when our golden retriever all those years ago would take down robins out of the nest and I'd be so mad because I'm like, Jesus is watching you, you know. <laughs> and, um, but I mean, I, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, are you not more valuable than they? And it's a question that we need to take into the season to kind of step back into this knowledge that we are loved Mm. and that we would receive his love for us. And why Dave, but because of the cross.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, we're, we're kind of focusing in on these three words, faith, fact, and, and, and fear. And, you know, again, we put the cross in front of us and, and, you know now the symbol stands for something much different in in our world than it did in Jesus time when when you looked at a cross in first century um world i'm going to say roman world but world uh that was that was a, an instrument of fear it was a symbol of oh, yeah. of fear yes. and and so you know again there's there's just so much here that we can say <laughs> You know, in the place of fear, Jesus, Jesus, just you know, we see him there. We see Jesus, in a sense, overlaid on the cross to go. He has taken my fear, and uh, again, we don't have to look too far in Scripture to to start reading about all of the things that Christ's death actually does for us, restores us to the Father, redeems our life, right? It, it brings us to a place where we can actually be the people that God has created us to be. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the cross, the work of the cross, tore the veil into from top to bottom, yeah. allowed us to enter into the holy of holy place and, and to experience the presence of God. And 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 that's actually, as Jesus walked on this earth and as he shares in Matthew you know, 5, 6, 7, he's actually in the presence of God. He's already been in the holy of holies. He's living in the holy of holies, even though physically he wasn't there. In fact, he probably never actually got the opportunity to enter the holy of holies in the religious part, because he wasn't a priest, and yet he lived in the holy of holies. And so when when he died on the cross, that place, that symbol of fear, then we go, oh my, I get to enter into the presence of God just like Christ. And now his words make sense. And now what he did and how he did it, then we can emulate that. And we can say, oh, if Christ got up early in the morning in the quietness to spend time with his father because he needed some direction, then I can take my cue from that and I can say, Father, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what Christ did, and faith says that you'll meet me there. Faith says that I will have that experience because I get to enter into the Holy of Holies. And I'm gonna just I heard this interesting um, perspective that I've never heard before about the Holy of Holies. And I'll just throw this in as a little bonus tidbit that the things that were in the Holy of Holies, the the articles that were there, of course, they were, in a sense, put there by God. But inside the tabernacle, or sorry, inside the covenant, uh, there was the manna, Mm -hmm. which is a symbol of God's provision for his people throughout their journey from slavery to uh yeah to freedom from slavery to freedom to the promised land and and boy we now get to enter into that holy of holies and those things actually now become available to us in a real tangible way as Christians.
0: Well, I was just thinking of standing at the precipice of faith, mm. of fear and faith. We're at a crossroads. We were talking about how they are all intersecting, this, the facts of what's happening, the fears of what's going on, and our faith. And we're standing at the precipice, and we don't want our emotions leading us. So what do we bring? We don't have just some vague understanding of God. We have the knowledge of of the cross of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We have that I love how you how you said that he took on the symbol of fear in that time. And and one thing about the cross is that it's final. Mm-hmm. Jesus wasn't negotiating. He didn't go to the cross and negotiate his life. He actually went to the Father and said, "Can you take this from me because I know how final the cross is going to be?" So when he says to us, listen, when you follow me, you have to take up your cross and follow me. This means that you're going to put to death those things that you're waging for in your flesh. Mm. So those things that want comfort and ease right now, those things that Make us just want to bury our heads and escape and Netflix, just speaking from personal experience or whatever, you know, you want your escapism, you know, going on that va- vacation or going into debt for it because you are just tired of it all. Well, he's actually inviting us. He's inviting me and Dave and you to come into his presence where we start to understand what that manna is in the Holy of Holies. And it's himself. He said he was the bread of life. That's what gives us provision and sustenance. It's coming to him, responding to the invitation, standing at the precipice and saying, I'm not going to leap over in unbelief. I'm going to step back in faith. You know, I've been reading Tozer and Tozer, I I love how he talks about the radical cross. You know, the, the... That idea that we don't come to negotiate with Jesus. Well, you know, if, if I can have my holiday, then I'll, I'll give at church on Sunday. That's not what this is about. This is a surrender. This is a life relationship. This is us, um, bringing the kingdom, um, that He has put in us. Mm -hmm. He says the kingdom is near, and He's put it inside of us, and it's for us to share, to share the love, to share the grace and the forgiveness that we've received from Him at the cross. All that work He did, all the death and the suffering, He, for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross and scorned its shame, and He sat down at the right hand of God. You know, there are some things that you may be feeling God is asking of you, and you think it's too hard, or you're afraid to say yes, but there is Liberation and saying yes. It is hard. He said you would have trouble, but we could be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. And the other thing that Dave and I were talking about is that new wineskin and old wineskin. What if all this past couple of years of the hard things, the things we're learning as we've been pressing into the Lord for our finances, but for our very lives, for the lives of our kids? for the, the what's happening in the church for our pastors what if god is saying i've got to give you new wineskin what if some of the th- things and transitions and struggles we've been experiencing is because god is forming in us a new wineskin and what has happened that new that normal that we have yearned for in ease and comfort can no longer hold what's coming and i've just been so stirred up in my heart about that dave i don't know if you can speak to it but I I just sense that God is going to be doing some great new things and it's new things we haven't seen and they might be filled with fear, but they require surrender. They require something new formed in us so we can hold this glory of God that's coming. And I, 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 I maybe it's just in my head or my hopes, Dave, <laughs> but I'm hoping that that is what we see for our finances. That as we begin to share and surrender our finances in this part of history, that we're going to see God do something amazing in our communities.
1: So here, and and you know that leads to you talk about uh, something new, but I, I'm not sure it's going to be something new. Uh, going back to Matthew four, five, six, seven, right? So let's. Let's, as we've been talking about it, but as we've been saying, so, so what could it look like in our finances that, again, as I look across the world, we have to do something different. The, the, there's lots of changes, and, and often the conversations I'm having with people are, so what can I do different? Because I, I've been managing money this way, and it's just not working. And that's a big part of what we do at More Than Enough. That's a big part of what we do as far as our coaching process and philosophy and and all of that is to, to help people to move through that change. Well, Jesus said to the disciples at one point, hey, guys. There's a whole bunch of people here that are hungry. Oh, your favorite story. (laughs) It's my favorite story. If you've been listening to the podcast, you're probably going, he's talking about that story again? Uh, Well, think about this in the context of what we're talking about here. Fear, faith, and... Fact. Fact. The fact fact is... What? There's hungry. not enough people. There's 10,000 people here, and they are all... Are they really
0: 10,000? Well, Maybe, the, okay. the Bible
1: says 5,000 men, what? and if we yeah, do yeah. the two-for-one deal, it's 10,000. <laughs> so, you know, whatever number you want to do, 5,000. The point is, is that Jesus says, "I, you know, I'm going to do something new. I'm going to teach you disciples how the kingdom of heaven works. And how does it work? Well, first of all, let's look at the facts. The fact is, there's lots of people here that want to eat, and what do you guys have? So, he sends the, the disciples out and says, what do we got? And they, they come back and say, we got a couple fish and, and a, a few loaves. Great. Then what does he do? He takes that, and, you know, if I'm a disciple, and I'm 100% putting myself into that, I'm going, well, either Jesus is crazy, like, I'm afraid he's going to make a fool of himself, right? Like, you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> like... Lord, don't tell anybody that there's lunch because there isn't lunch. I'm afraid <laughs> that something's going to happen. But it's kind of
0: like when you say, "Oh yeah, come on over, we've got food," yeah. and I'm looking at you with a glaring stare, like, "Are yeah. you kidding me?" I don't and think so. We
1: always eat something, right? <laughs> so, but Jesus says, "This is this is the thing I want to teach you that as this is how the kingdom works." I have compassion on these people. Jesus earlier in the, on in the scene. Jesus said it's noted that he has compassion on these people and that he notes that they're hungry. And he's like, we got to do something about that. And so that's what what Jesus does. And then he teaches about the kingdom of heaven. And he says, this is how it works. We're going to take what we have. We're going to offer it up to the Father with thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to distribute it. Mm -hmm. We're just going to go do what the Father tells us to do. Mm And that, you know, you talk about getting excited about doing a new thing or, or I, I'm a hundred percent there with you, Rebecca, that we as the church need to start doing it the kingdom way and not looking at what we have and necessarily saying, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to throw that out. I'm going to take what I have and I'm actually going to apply it for the, for, for the greater good. And again, in the back of my mind, I always hear James saying, listen, we ask and we don't receive. Why? Because Because we ask ask amiss. amiss. We ask for our own pleasure. We ask for our own stuff. That scene, back to Jesus with his disciples, he's teaching them that, listen, there's enough left over for you guys, but I want you to serve first. I want you, the, the disciples went out and served, and they went out. Then they picked up the baskets, and then they got to eat. And so, you know, as you look at that and you go, okay, so why doesn't it work sometimes? Well, it doesn't work sometimes because we're asking God for things that really are for our own pleasure. And God's saying, not that... Again, I, don't misinterpret me that God doesn't love us so much that we get to do pleasurable things. That's not what I'm talking about. But in this season, if you're facing some fear, if, you're, if, if the facts in front of you just simply don't add up, then this is the faith that we want to we, we encourage you in today. And it comes and finds its source right there at the cross. It okay. finds its source entering into the Holy of Holies Mm -hmm. and seeing the manna there.
0: So, if you're at the precipice and you're feeling like, ah, maybe just do what Jesus did, you lift up your face toward heaven as he did with the fish and the loaves that he had from that little boy, and you say, I've got my five loaves and two fish, and you may not even feel like offering that, and you come to him and you be honest and say, Lord, I don't even feel, I want to live for myself. I I say that I'm yours, but I'm really living for myself. Can you help me change? Can you help me change my heart? Because what you're asking feels too hard. Like, just be honest with him, because we stand at that precipice, and we can step back into his love and belief and the work of the cross, or we can just let the world plunge us over the edge. And I don't think we want that. I don't think as a body of Christ, I think we get tired of doing it the same old way. And I really believe he is forming new wineskins for us, mm-hmm. that the old is past and the new has come. And it's not just doing your life, um, you know, in a, in a new, uh, uh, you know, uh, someone said the other day, um, When we do something that was done, you know, and we just put a new name on it, that isn't necessarily the new thing. But what is the new thing God is asking of you? Maybe it's reaching out to your neighbors that are struggling and you've never done that before. That's a new thing. But know that the new wineskin that he has given you in this season, because of all the struggles you've had, will hold his glory that you and love and provision. You know, I love that picture of going into the Holy of Holies and eating the manna Well. That is Christ. And that's what we, we don't stand at the precipice just with uh, nothing in our hand. But we stand with hand in hand with Christ who has given his all at the cross. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this word to us. We thank you for the new wineskin that you're forming in us to pour out your wine of love and goodness and mercy and grace and truth and conviction even into the world around us so that we all can walk in freedom as your sons and daughters. Lord, will your kingdom come through our lives and through our prayers today in Jesus' This
1: name. Well, thanks, Reb. I mean, my coffee's almost done. Our time is almost up. And join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.